All right, welcome back students. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's review from last time. So what we're talking about today is the time between the Iliad and the Odyssey part two. We talked about the Ethiopis or the Ethiopis and the little Iliad last time. We'll talk about the Sack of Ilium, uh, that other minor epic poem that is now lost as well as the returns uh, today. So quick review. In the Ethiopis, we saw a couple new individuals enter into the fray. We saw uh, one, Penthesilea, come in Amazon to fight against Achilleus. Unfortunately, she was killed by him. In that moment that she was killed, Achilleus realized that he may have loved her. Thersites spoke up. Thersites got punched in the face and killed by Achilleus. He had to be, have his sin expiated on the island of Limnos alongside Odysseus with the help of Apollo, Artemis, and Leto. We then saw, so now we've seen the death of Thersites. We've seen the death of Penthesilea. Then a character from Ethiopia from which the name the Ethiopis comes, named Memnon, son of Don, showed up, had a big fight with Achilleus. What happened to him? Gets killed by Achilleus. Very good. By Memnon, by Penthesilea, by Thersites. Well, then, 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 then. Ah, yes, and recall that Antilochus is also killed by Memnon. Well, after this, Achilleus has a chance, and I'm trying to look for the slide here, but for some reason having trouble finding it. Achilleus then attempts to sack Troy himself, though he is un, uh, unfated to do so. It is not his fate to do so. As he attempts to attack Troy, he is struck down by Paris of Troy with the help of Apollo. The story goes, or at least the story about the story, is that he gets hit in the heel precisely in a place where he had not been dipped either into the river Styx or into the fire that burned away his mortal parts that had supposedly led to his father seeing his mother doing so or led to his father and his mother divorcing because his father saw his mother doing something which he did not understand he overreacted and she uh as i said at the beginning of the year then dove into the sea never to come back to him um and so achilleus dies as well that said we talked also about how the person who kills achilleus died uh of paris and in order to say that we talked about two new characters a achilleus's son who came to the trojan war uh, on the advice, or excuse me, on the prophecy of Hellenus, who was caught by Odysseus. Neoptolemus was his name. Neoptolemus was brought back to the war in order to help the Trojans be defeated by the Achaeans, and he was instrumental in the acquiring of Philoctetes from Lemnos. Now, remember this. Philoctetes. Philoctetes was the best friend of Heracles and helped to burn and bury him. He also now has the bow of Heracles, which means he has the arrows dipped in hydropoison that Heracles has. That means that if he shoots you and you are struck by his arrow, which has poison on it, you will die. Who does he then strike with an arrow? Who we become very, which makes us forever grateful and happy about the presence of Philoctetes in this story. Paris. Paris of Troy is struck by that arrow. And recall that Paris of Troy then ascends Mount Ida, looks for his ex-wife, whom he left in order to be with Helen, who ends up uh, being part of why his entire people is destroyed, showing that his own personal desire is what he chooses over his duty or responsibility to his people, which makes us all think, yay, good person, or uh, nay, bad person. Nice. Nay, bad person. Well, he finally gets what he deserves. He goes to his former wife, asks for her to heal him, and she says, no, I've been waiting for this moment for quite some time. Absolutely not. There was then a dispute between Aias the Greater and Odysseus about who would receive Achilleus's armor after he fell. Aias the Greater loses that dispute. He loses the contest in arms, which was not a physical contest, but rather a speech. 
contest and then uh, after attempting to kill some goats and herd animals which he believed not to be uh, the food of the Achaeans but rather the Achaeans themselves he uh, kills himself he falls on his own sword and I will be sure to get you that base painting like I told you I would all right the little Iliad we talked about this Ias the greater Philoctetes Ias one moment two things that I did not tell you besides the fact that Philoctetes is healed by Machaon which is very good for him because of his snake wound on Lemnos here's the first thing Helen was married to Menelaus and Helen who was first Helen of Argos became Helen of Sparta then when she was taken by Paris from Menelaus she became Helen of Troy well she remains Helen of Troy after Paris dies because Paris's brother Deiphobos then marries her and something uh, sort of interesting and sad about that is that even though Deiphobos is not the man who originally took Helen from Troy or from Sparta, when Menelaus breaks through the walls of Troy and into the house of Deiphobos where <laughs> Helen will be, it will be Deiphobos who pays the penalty for Paris and all the Trojans in a lump sum. In fact, just as the Trojans tried to tear apart the moral fabric of the Achaeans by ripping a family apart, a man and a woman, so will Deiphobos be physically torn apart. I don't want to get too much into the details, but his, his feet will be cut off, his hands will be cut off, his nose will be cut off, his ears will be cut off, his man parts will be cut off, and his face will be cut off. And second period was very interested to know uh, uh, how, how a face can be cut off. I can't exactly get into the details, but one thing I will say is I, probably easier to do than you might imagine. And in any case, they, uh, they didn't have any incentive to do it well. And so it could have been a bad job. It could have been a very nasty job. And it is a very poetic and horrifying job. And so poetry, always pretty and pleasant. Not epic poetry, because epic poetry shows all that is, not simply all that we wish could be. All right, good. Next thing we need to know, and this will be brought up in the Odyssey, Neoptolemus, who is the magical younger son of Achilleus, who will basically just be like a replacement Achilleus, he shows up at the Trojan War, looks just like Achilleus, acts just like Achilleus, kills just like Achilleus. He will run into a third new Trojan named Eurypylus, Eurypylos. Eurypylus is supposedly the greatest fighter on the Trojan side at the time that Neoptolemus fights against him. We only learn about this a little bit in the Odyssey when Achilleus and Odysseus are talking in the underworld. And Odysseus will tell Achilleus, Your son, Neoptolemus, new war, is living up to his name and to his father's glory because he has killed Eurypylus, son of Telephus, who arrived to aid the Trojans after you died. And well, so that's something that you need to know. Moving on, moving on. Okay. Now... We need to talk about how it is that Troy comes to fall. And I'm going to stick to this storyline, this chronology, very closely. The Trojans are now closely besieged. That means that the Achaeans are essentially around the Trojan walls. But now, because this is now a siege rather than open combat, and Aias the Greater and Achilleus have fallen, though reinforcements have arrived for the Achaeans through Philoctetes as well as Neoptolemus, it looks like the Achaeans are not going to defeat the Trojans through force. So they're going to have to use one set of their hands to win. Their heads, their minds. And so Athena sends an idea either to Apeus, who is a carpenter or architect, or to Odysseus. Odysseus then shares that idea with Apeus, and Apeus creates a giant wooden horse. 
giant, giant wooden post. And actually, now I know, now I know why I, I got confused about this. One thing about that, right before he does that, let me tell you the reason why the giant wooden horse gets named. So this is this is what happens. So Odysseus has found out from Helenos that Troy can never fall so long as it has a statue of Athena called the Palladium in it. So recall, whenever Odysseus finds out something needs to be done in order to get what he wants, what does he do? The thing that needs to be done. And so he disfigures himself and makes himself look like, and dresses himself in the, the, uh, the, the garb of a beggar. He makes his face look ugly. He makes himself look a bit like Thersites, you might imagine. And he sneaks into Troy. Because when you're looking for Odysseus, are you looking for a, a limping, ugly beggar or some noble and strong and beautiful man? Right. And so Odysseus uses the perceptions of the Trojans against him. Except for one Trojan, who is not truly a Trojan at all. Helen sees him. And recall, she's very sharp-eyed. In book three of the Iliad, who is she capable of seeing even though she is in a disguise? Yes? Aphrodite. Aphrodite. So even when the gods are in disguise, Helen can see them. This is something that not even Achilles can do. Recall, Apollo does trick him. He takes the form of a mortal and runs away from Achilles to draw him away from the gates of Troy. Um, and either book 21 or book 22. It's either the end of book 21 or uh, around the middle of book 22. In any case, in any case, Odysseus steals in, and he is spotted by Helen. And I want you to think about that. You're in enemy, enemy territory. You're one of the most valuable of their opponents. You are in a bad, bad, bad situation if you get spotted within their grounds. Helen spots Odysseus. Somehow he is so clever that he manages to convince all the Trojans that he is not Odysseus. Even after Helen asks him to her personal chambers to give him a bath, he somehow convinces her not to reveal him and to go along with his plan, which is this. If you do not reveal me, Helen, to all the Trojans and get me killed, when we Achaeans sack this city, which we certainly will do, I will keep Menelaus from killing you. Helen seems to agree to these terms. And she'll tell a story very similar to this in book four of the Odyssey. She will talk about having given Odysseus a bath right in front of Menelaus. Knowing that she has once left Menelaus, do you imagine what the subtext of that is? If she gave Odysseus a bath, she has seen him when he is rather vulnerable and outside of his clothing. Potentially, they did more than just talk. We don't know. We don't know, but hmm, it is something that commentators often speculate on. What transpired between Odysseus and Helen exactly? And well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about it in a seminar if you want to. In any case, Odysseus then takes the Palladium out of Troy. Okay, this is where things get a little bit complicated. Now, the Achaeans know that they are going to defeat the Trojans through deception. They are going to build a large wooden horse. They are going to claim that they built this large wooden horse because Athena has become mad at them for stealing the Palladium out of Troy. Because she isn't mad, mad at them, she will now deny them victory at Troy. Since she is denying them victim, victory at Troy, they are now leaving a new statue, which is a giant wooden horse, for her to replace the old one which they stole. Now... Because they are leaving 
this this large wooden horse as opposed to the palladium, the Trojans will be expected to take it into their city. Now, that's all well and good, except for the fact that this large wooden horse is actually going to contain several Achaeans who are supposed to go into that city under the advice or under the subterfuge of their subterfuge of their spy named Sinon, who will also accompany the horse. And when the Trojans have had a giant festival celebrating the defeat of the Achaeans, then Sinon will let the other Achaeans who are inside of the horse outside of the belly of it raise a signal flare at, on the gates of Troy and have all the Achaeans who have sailed behind the island of Tenedos sail back to the city and come streaming through the walls of Troy. I know that's fairly complicated, but that's how you defeat an entire people. You come up with a way to trick them in this way or that way. So, then after putting their best men in the wooden horse and burning their huts, the main body of the Achaeans sailed to Tenedos. The Trojans, supposing their troubles are over, destroy a part of their city wall and take the wooden horse into their city and feast as though they had conquered the Achaeans. All right, and this is where the sack of the Elam comes in. All right, third epic. The Trojans were suspicious of the wooden horse, and they stood around and they debated what to do. And actually, we'll see this debate in Book 2 of the Aeneid. Book 2 of the Aeneid is about the fall of Troy. We will get to see it in detail, so I'm not going to go too much more into it here. But basically, the Trojans are not dumb. When they are confronted with a large wooden horse in front of them, and a spy who says, well, this is being sacrificed to Athena because she's now mad at us because of the Palladium, and we know we're going to lose, so we've all retreated. Well, mostly the Trojans say, we don't buy that. We're not stupid. And in fact, one of them very famously says, and his name is Laocoon, I trust not the Greeks even when they bring gifts. And so, some of the Trojans say, hey, we have a cliff over here. Let's push this dumb wooden horse off the cliff. Some of the Trojans say, why don't we just burn it? Because if there are Achaeans on the inside, which there could be, they'll all die screaming and in pain, which is what we would like for them, trying to kill us as they are. But then there was a third contingent, a more nervous, neurotic contingent, that said, maybe we should just save this horse. Maybe it really is a gift from the Greeks. Maybe if we touch it or do something bad to it, we will share that fate. And in fact, in the Aeneid, we will see that the priest of Apollo, or excuse me, of Neptune named Laocoon, he will throw a spear at the horse. And after he throws a spear at the horse and it sticks in there, two snakes with fiery eyes will slither out of the water. And they will strangle him and his two sons together. And then they will slither underneath a temple of Athena, Minerva. And so what will all the Trojans think? If you hurt the Trojan horse, what will happen to you? You will die, right. You will share the fate of Laocoon. And so... All the signs seem to indicate that if you harm the horse, you will get harmed. But the greatest harm that comes from the horse is taking it inside. And potentially, that is a commentary on sort of whenever you take a new idea or innovation or potentially even person or people into your culture, there is a, a time of having to digest it. And there's a time of wondering whether it will bring you closer together or tear you apart. The idea seems to be that that which the Trojans allow into their city is that which ends up destroying them. And that is potentially uh, something that all humans and all human civilizations have to deal with. And even on a personal level, you always have to determine what sorts of foods you take into yourself. Some of them could poison you and destroy you. Some of them can make you stronger. 
It seems to be the same way with the thoughts that you encounter as well. Some thoughts will help to bolster and make you stronger, and some, well, depending on how heavy and different they are from whatever you've considered, might be able to break you apart. We'll talk about that quite a bit when we get to Milton next year and talk about the scientific revolution and just how catastrophic the coming of new ways of thinking can be to old ways of thinking and old ways of being. Of course, you act that based on the thoughts that you have. All right. The Trojans take the Trojan horse into Troy. They feast. They have the greatest feast of their lives. Think about it. A ten-year war is over. They finally defeated the Achaeans, who had Achilles, the most terrifying man ever to have existed. They drink, they eat, they have a wonderful time, they go to bed very late. Sinon, the spy that accompanied the wooden horse, who will himself make the claim that he has turned on the Achaeans because he has been falsely accused of, uh, of a crime by Odysseus, and is supposed to be falsely executed. He raises the signal flare, and the Achaeans stream through the gates after sailing in from Tinnitus. And all those that were inside the wooden horse, Menelaus, Neoptolemus, Odysseus, several others, all stream down into the city as well and start to commit mayhem. Now these are some of the events which happen within Troy. Neoptolemus makes it to the castle of Priam. In front of Priam, he kills one of Priam's many sons. This is now uh, fairly brutal, and I think helps to illustrate the range of human experience that somebody can um, go through during the course of their lives. King Priam, who was the most powerful man in Asia at one time, 50 sons, $100, uh, vassals everywhere around him, many, not only his one wife, but many concubines. This is how he dies. Neoptolemus kills his son, one of his sons right in front of him. And then as Priam yells at Neoptolemus, saying that he is nothing like his father, Neoptolemus drags Priam by the hair through his son's blood to an altar where he then cuts his head off, which he will then throw onto the beach. He cuts off the head of Priam after saying this to him. Why don't you tell my father how like him I am or not? cuts off his head. That will not be the only brutal thing that we see Neoptolemus do tonight. Menelaus then goes to find Helen. He finds Helen in the house of Deiphobos, which he enters very easily because Helen has left it unguarded and unlocked. And so Deiphobos is found easily and is himself betrayed by Helen, much as Menelaus, in order to start the war, was betrayed by Helen. As I told you, he is grievously disfigured. We will see him disfigured, trying to cover his face with his stumps in the, in the underworld in the Aeneid. All right. Now something very bad which happens. Aias the Lesser seems to forget himself during the sacking of the city. He attempts to abduct Cassandra by force. Recall that Cassandra is a daughter of Agamemnon. Recall also that Cassandra will be a concubine of Agamemnon. Recall also that she has a terrible curse from Apollo, that she can see the future, but that nobody will believe her. Hmm. As Aias the Lesser, Aias the son of Oilus, attempts to abduct Cassandra, 
he disfigures either an image or a sculpture of Athena, a holy object to Athena. You might say that he loses his wits in this situation and acts in a way unbefitting in Achaean who can use his mind to do what's wise. In so doing this, he enrages Athena not only at himself, but at all the Achaeans. She will send a major storm once all the Achaeans go onto the water that will disperse them everywhere and it will cause major, major problems specifically for Menelaus and Agamemnon, but also for Odysseus and several other Achaeans as well. The actions that one commits even during a time of chaos have tremendous consequences is something that we are supposed to learn from this. All right, all right. Yeah, yes, also the Achaeans recognize this. When they hear that Isolesser has disfigured this image of Athena uh, in the pursuit of physically abducting, uh, taking a, a Trojan woman, they're enraged. And so they wish to stone Aias to kill him so that Athena is no longer angry at all of them, but just angry at him. But he takes refuge in her temple. That means sanctuary. That means he's safe from them. But that means that Athena remains angry at them and him. And so stay tuned. She's going to do something terrible. Also, I told you a little bit about the potential story of Polyxena, that potentially one of the ways that Achilleus died is not by means of Paris and Apollo shooting him, but that he fell in love with one of the daughters of Priam. This is sort of a sub-story named Polyxena. He wanted to have a conjugal visit with her in a temple. He tried to set that up. Instead of him, instead of him seeing her when he got there, Deiphobos and Paris are there. And so... Uh, just as when Hector tried to stand against Achilleus, he thought he was standing with his brother Deiphobos, but rather was standing with no one. So Achilleus, thinking that he is going to see Polyxena, goes and finds Deiphobos, where I suppose he was uh, hiding all along, which is sort of uh, interesting. Again, deception, deception, deception. And so, I told you that Astyanax, the son of Hector, would have a fairly negative fate, and so now it is time to tell you of it. He is killed by either one or two, one of two men, depending on which account you look at. Either Odysseus, out of cunning intelligence and looking at the future, or Neoptolemus, out of utter cruelty. And so what happens is this. Odysseus takes Astyanax, screaming as a baby, from the arms of Hecuba, or excuse me, Andromache, his wife, or mm, the wife, the former wife of Hector, the mother of Astyanax. He holds the baby out over the walls of Troy. And if it is Neoptolemus, he says, thus always to Trojans. And if it is Odysseus, he says, so that he not come back and take vengeance for his father. Because the idea being that though Astyanax is young now, what will he do eventually? grow up. And when he grows up, he's going to want to know what happened to his father. What happened to his father? Killed by some Achaeans. And so, what will Astyanax want to do? Get some revenge on some Achaeans. Which Achaeans? Hard to know. Potentially any of the Achaeans involved, or any of the major ones. At any rate, Odysseus decides to tear out the plant at the root. Astyanax would want revenge on the Achaeans, would want vengeance, and would also be able to collect Achae or Trojans 
former Trojans together to his cause because of what reason? Because he is a son of the former prince of Troy, who is the son of the emperor or king, because of his bloodline. And so, though it is a dark and potentially mean-spirited thing, it is also an intelligent and warlike thing for Odysseus to do to kill Astyanax. And so, though it is very dark, potentially awful, that is what happened according to tale. And so, Neoptolemus takes Andromache as his prize. His uh, soon-to-be wife, Hermione, will not care about We'll not care for that very much. We will talk a little bit about Neoptolemus and his relationship to um, Orestes, who we now know. Um, they will have a very interesting. They will have a very interesting relationship. Uh, some very interesting events will unfold around them during the course of the Odyssey. Okay, and then lastly, Athena sails away, and Athena plans to destroy. Or excuse me, the Achaeans sail away, and Athena plans to destroy them on the high seas. Let's get to the returns. All right, last bit from today. Athena causes a quarrel between Agamemnon and Menelaus before the voyage of Troy. Agamemnon wants to sacrifice a hecatomb, wants to sacrifice to the gods in order to expiate them, in order to have a safe voyage home so that the storm does not knock him off course. Now, Menelaus, for some reason, does not agree with this course of action. That was a foolish decision on his part. He flies away before Agamemnon. He sails away, and he will get caught in the storm. Something very sad about this. Menelaus and Agamemnon love each other very much, obviously. Agamemnon has called together all the men for this 10-year-long war in order to restore to Menelaus his lost wife. He did it for his brother. Here's something sad. As much as they seem to love or care about each other, the very last interaction they ever have is a fight, which I do think is often what people fear most when a loved one unexpectedly experiences a fatality or an injury. That the last memory they might have of you is of a what? A fight when they're feeling terribly towards you. Many people, including myself, I recall when I was very young with my parents, if I were like, say, seven years old and I had a little fight with them about my Fruit Loops in the morning, I remember being on the bus being like, what if I never see them again? And that made me sad, and that made me sad. And so one thing that will haunt Menelaus for the remainder of his life is this fact. The final interaction he ever had with Agamemnon, his brother, who did so much for him, was one where he argued with him and was in the wrong and because of that argument, acted in such a way that kept him from being able to help Agamemnon in his moment of tremendously need. In fact, Agamemnon will be killed while Menelaus is in Egypt, where he gets knocked off course to during the storm that he is hit by because he does not sacrifice with Agamemnon. Because, again, of his poor decisions, and in his mind that means because of his poor decisions, his brother will die without him there to help him. Which is something to keep in mind. Diomedes and Nestor, they make it home safely. They have good stories. Though, two things about that. Nestor, when he gets home, gets to tell everybody that his favorite and oldest son, Antilochus, the heir to his throne, is now dead. How does everybody feel about that? They're very sad. In fact, we will see them cry a little bit about that in Book 3 of the Odyssey. Diomedes, he's doing pretty well too, except for what was the name of that god or goddess that he pricked with the spear point so long ago in Book 5? Not the one with the nine or 10,000 voices, but the one that liked to drop Aeneas. Aphrodite. And so Aphrodite made a little claim when she returned back up to Olympus. She said, it's not so good for mortals to contend with Olympians because they can take it out on those mortals. So what does Aphrodite do? Well, according to account, Diomedes has a wife named Aegealia. Supposedly, he is cast out of his home because of that. I don't know a lot about that story. 
But um, that is one of the stories about Diomedes. We will see him again in the Aeneid. He will be treated sort of like Achilles by the Trojans. The Trojans will be fighting to find a new homeland, and there will be some threat at that time that Diomedes will return to attack them, though Diomedes will say, I've had my fill of Trojan blood. All right. Menelaus. Menelaus sets out, is hit by the storm, and is cast down to Egypt for several years. Dur during his time down in Egypt, he acquires much vast wisdom and much wealth. In fact, when we see him in Sparta, Lacedaemon, shining Lacedaemon in Book 4, Telemachus, with his new friend Pisistratos, will say, This looks like the halls of Olympus. This looks like the house that a god would be in. It's sort of like if you've ever read The Lord of the Rings, The House of Elrond, or like any of those archetypal homes of those who are so much wealthier than you are that everything they have looks as if it shines and is worth more than what you have, which will be the case because Telemachus comes from a fairly poor country, Ithaca, rock, rocky and rugged, not a good horse pasturing place like Sparta, which like... Uh, like Ilion, is a plain, very flat, and good for raising horses. Okay, those with Calchas, recall our prophet from the Achaean side, Leontes and Polypoetes, go by land to Colophon, where they then bury a, uh, another prophet named Tiresias. We will see this Tiresias prophet in the underworld in the Odyssey. We will also see him and his daughter in the Inferno. His daughter's name is Manto, who gives the name Mantua to the place from which um, Virgil, the next epic poet we'll read, was, was born. The place from which he comes. Alright, Agamemnon and his followers are then sailing away. The ghost of Achilles appears to them and tries to prevent them from going, telling them what terrible things will befall them if they go home. That said, Agamemnon, very good at listening to good advice. No, and it will eventually come back to bite him. So, I believe this is our last slide of the day. So, three final things to say in the next two minutes. First thing is this. The storm that is sent by Athena in order to hurt the Achaeans is specifically sent to hurt Aias the Lesser. During that storm, Aias the Lesser, at these rocks called the Caferides, has his ship destroyed. All his men die. He is saved, however, for some reason by Poseidon and placed along the ledge of a rock on the Caferides. When on that rock, he, like Aias the Raider, goes insane and then screams at the gods. Not even the gods can defeat and destroy Aias the Lesser. During which time, Poseidon, then using his trident, then destroys the rock or the foundation on which Aias the Lesser is standing. He then falls into the water and drowns. It was the gods themselves that saved him. It is, the God, it is his choices which end up sinking him. Neoptolemus, then warned by Thetis, journeys over land, meets Odysseus at Mar Maranea, and then, sadly, Phoenix, the counselor and teacher of Achilles, dies, and they bury him. Neoptolemus is then recognized at Molossi by his grandfather Peleus and taken in as a rightful heir to the throne. Great. One last thing we will talk about during the course of the Odyssey, and I will not mention today, will be that Agamemnon will then be murdered by his own wife and a man who was brought up as his brother named Orestes. Now we will begin the Odyssey.